Welcome to School Food for Thought, a School Nutrition Association podcast, powered by General Mills. In today's episode, we chatted with Doug Massey and Alyssa Roman as they share their experiences in their respective districts. Doug's in Texas, Alyssa's in Maine, but despite their geographic distance, they have a lot in common, including their leadership style and love for the profession. Doug and Alyssa lead incredibly successful and diverse teams built on solid values and strong cultures. Hi, everyone. I am Danielle Duran Barron, Vice President for Marketing Communications and Industry Relations at the School Nutrition Association. Today, I'm here with Alyssa Roman and Doug Massey, and we are here to talk about hiring for the future of the profession. The interesting part is that Doug threw me for a loop here when we started talking about it before taping the podcast. Doug, you don't have a problem? Um, so I, I shared that um, uh, we're, we're basically 100% staffed and have been for, for quite some time. And, and while we do a lot of things to get there, um, I, I can't take all the credit. We just have a absolutely wonderful culture in our district where employees are valued and they're heard. And we really not, have not had a problem. Now, COVID was, was rough. Uh, but, you know, uh, coming out of COVID and, and since then, we're 100% staffed in, in across multiple departments uh, in the district, including we were 99.9% staffed in teachers uh, to start this school year. Oh, wow. Where's that paradise that you speak of? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm proud to serve Klein ISD in uh, Houston, northwest of Houston. Great. And your job there is? So I'm the executive director for facilities and school services. So I, I get to live child nutrition. Uh, custodial plant uh, plant operations, transportation, and our maintenance group. So we're we're blessed by far. For sure, sure. What about you, Alyssa? What's your experience? Oh, so we we definitely started off. Um, I, I can't say we have the the same paradise in Maine. Um, I would say my department maybe has experienced more of that. Um, very much like Doug, I not only do transportation, I do nutrition. So I can say on my transportation side, I am I would die for some bus drivers, but we're not here about that. <laughs> um, food service, um, we're, we're doing okay, but my district, I would say, is not the norm amongst my state. Um, there's been some provisions that have happened as far as union negotiations and things like that that have really made a difference. So the districts that have been more progressive and um, changing salaries and benefits and things have made it more of a career is the difference we're seeing. So I think you you nailed it. It's the, the career focus, right? And, and how do you do that? Yeah. Um, in my districts, um, it was kind of an odd year. We had some transitions in our executive superintendent, assistant superintendent, um, so people did not know about our, our union. Um, they did not know about what it is my team did. And so when it came to negotiations, I was the odd duck that they actually had me at the table, not to do the salary part so much, but to talk about what we do as a professionalism or have that professionalism. Um, but I'd already made big strides before that as far as how many of my positions could I have full time? Could I justify um, running a supper program or other things to give more hours and time to people and then in turn those benefits. So a lot of that type of work is what got us to having more staff come in. I still have turnover. Um, it still happens, but we have those employees that have been there. I think my oldest is 38 years with the district. Um, and so that's really impressive to see that we have longevity or people that even come back and say, hey, I remember that you were really great 
boss mentor and can I join back again? And usually it's like, okay, yeah. I mean, they leave on good terms. It's a no brainer. Yeah, we do that at SNA too. We call uh, those people like Kelsey uh, boomerangs. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I was going to say, where is your district? My district is in Lewiston, Maine. Um, we have about 5,500 students, seven schools. We've been doing community eligibility since the 2015-16 school year. Um, Maine is now universally free funded. It's pretty amazing. But uh, demographically, I have um, a lot of family, students, um, just the culture from Africa. We have a lot of immigrants um, that have come, new Mainers, we call them new Americans. Yep. And so um, on some levels, it's about 50% of our population is that diverse immigrant population. Um, and so again, when we talk about careers and hiring, representing that as well, of having that influx of different cultures coming into our community to hire as such. Yeah, be interesting. And you, um, how diverse is your district? Um, pretty diverse. Uh, so we're we're in, you know, Texas. We have a lot of, so Spanish is the number one language spoken in our district. Um, we have, a, our employees are probably, I would guess, 70% Spanish speaking. Wow. So we have to make lots of uh, provisions for them. You know, a recipe needs to be in Spanish so that they can read it. Um, we need to be able to do uh, orientation as we bring them on, not have an English speaker up there, but maybe an English speaker and a Spanish speaker. And we do that today so that they understand and that they can uh, be successful because we've tried it both ways. It does not work. Now, we are going to teach, we actually have even held, we've taught English to Spanish speakers as part of our department's work because we wanted those folks to be able to uh, become a, a cafeteria manager or maybe a supervisor. And they they felt so held back because they couldn't speak Spanish. Mm -hmm. But we probably have done, I'm guessing six or eight different times we've done these classes for you know 10 weekends in a row or something uh, and really have gotten a lot of good uh, folks that come out of that to, to join our manager ranks. So you've had success. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the only thing I would tell you on the on the recruiting side, um, and, and you can't fix it today, but you really have to tell your story. You have to be, whether that's social media, newsprint, whatever you're doing, you must tell your story. Because your story is getting told. If you're not telling it, somebody else is, and they're probably not going to say it the way you would want to say it. So we have a strong social media presence. We um, do a lot of things to try to engage our employees and our customers and we celebrate those things and we're, we're trying to show that it's a great place to be uh, and, and that there's a why behind what we're doing. So if we can convince those folks that there's a, a, a mission, then they're, they're going to they're gonna be about, about the work. And so we, we do spend a lot of time with uh, making sure the onboarding process, to your point, we have a saying that says, if we can keep them six months, we'll keep them six years. That's so true. I actually start most of my conversations with um, people that come in. I say to them, this is the best kept secret in hospitality. Um, I came from that world of 24-7 service of you go home and there's a, a third you know, crew coming in and you don't know what's happening. 
Um, and so usually when people realize, wait, wait, this is a really viable career and I'm going to have weekends um, unless you're doing a big event or something. They're like, wait, what? And so anyone like taking poaching from that other side of hospitality has been a lot easier when people start realizing there's there's really cool benefits here um, and some really rewarding work. So it always frustrated me to 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 her point is I feel like we ought to be staffed before McDonald's and Panda Express mm -hmm. and everyone else in town gets the first one. We have better equipment, we have a better working environment, we have weekends off, we don't have nights. Come work for us. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of you. Uh, but it doesn't always happen that way. It, it, you know, I, I see there, but they're gonna get, they could get 50 hours there. We're not gonna work them. You know, we're gonna try to not do overtime if at all possible. But I always felt like this was a much better place to be in hospitality or food service than some of the fast food folks out there, for sure. We don't burn them out quite with that. That 50 hours is great for a hot second until, True. until you realize they have kids and families and their kids have weekends, or not weekends, but school vacation, and they don't. And then that's usually when they come back where they see that sign that says what it is per hour and then the little fine print that says nights and weekends or warehouse stalker nights and weekends. And then... <laughs> So usually that helps with the process as well as like they just know that they're going to be supported and then you say to them, and we have professional development and we wanna grow you. And did you know there's a bigger national organization? You could go anywhere in the country. And then they're like, what? So it really, it opens up these doors that they didn't even think were viable, which is really amazing. Yeah, no, it's great that they get to be a part of a community and the association plays a big role too. So our number one um, way to recruit is word of mouth, but we also, I'm gonna give away a secret, <laughs> we, we have signs like you would have an open house sign that you put in a subdivision, we put them in the car rider line of every one of our schools. So the guy waiting to, to pick up his kid from school sees we're hiring. We also, that, that mom loves um, to work around their kid's schedule so they can get their kid to school, come work for us, be off in time to pick their kid up, uh, and it really works. Now that's that doesn't fill all of our needs for sure, right? Mm -hmm. But a lot of times those those folks come to us and they work for us for four or five years. Their kid now gets to maybe middle school, and now they have a little more time. That kid can get on the bus by himself. They might take a manager role for sure. us. That's now, you know, a little more uh, commitment to us. But that is, I'm telling you, we we are staffed. That is the number one secret to what we we're doing is a sign in the car rider lines on. And and then to piggyback on that. You come by our office, you fill it out, and you show up in our office, we will give you, we will grant you an interview on the spot. We always have wow. people in the office ready to interview. And, and if you walk out, the chance of me getting you back, is, you know, I'm not wasting that chance. You just, you gotta be short staffed for a little while to realize that somebody's gonna talk to them. And I'll, t I'll train 50 people how to interview uh, and, and make a recommendation. So we, on-site on interviews, signs and car rider lines. So, so you we really manage a tight process is yes. you run a tight ship and and i love that you take advantage of the captive audience because anybody who's been in a car loop is like okay <laughs> they're not going anywhere they're not going anywhere for a 40 foot bus in the way you're definitely stuck there until dismissal um and along the lines of the recruiting i would say my existing employees that longevity process part of it is that common decency of if their child has an event in school they're getting a celebration. I know in my district, I'm able to grant them that grace of going to be with their kid. 
and I say to them, you don't get those moments back. And so being flexible on their time off requests, not rolling your eyes of saying, okay, yeah, no, you need to go do that. You need to be with your family. And we have enough staff to support each other and that I do it for everyone. That has maintained it. I, it's not favoritism. It's a process and everyone submits and yes, they have time requests and this and that, but it's that's helped a lot with maintaining that positive work environment and then of course friday when everyone's in there i mean today's a friday and i know my crew back in lewiston they're all like pumped they're all going to go home they know they're going to have the weekend off and it's a really good positive environment to be in yeah and and the whole process that you set up about granting time off is equitable right? yes so it has you to know be. it's there it's transparent you can yep. put in for it and you can get it People have bad years too. I, I always like to point that out to them. And like, you're gonna have that year where you just get sick a lot. And as long as everyone's mutually respectful and it's turned, it took a process. It took a change in culture, I would say, because you have to live and breathe it. You can't go behind and whisper to another employee. You have to just walk the talk, everything. Um, but it's really made a really good supportive environment. Yes. So I, I love that because but what we see is, is 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 folks in the office have a little more flexibility. They're not on a serving line, so mm -hmm. to speak, in, in in a kitchen, and and they have that flexibility. So I, I I was in a meeting not long ago, several years back, and I said, guys, we need to figure out how to extend that same grace to our folks on the front line, and that, you know whether we have to have enough employees to we can move around, but you're building incredible loyalty from those folks if you. You know, they're going to be a happier employee, and a happier employee is going to be more productive. Like, they're, they're grateful that they got to go see their kid get inducted to the National Honor Society or whatever was going on. Man, I wouldn't miss for my kid. No, sure. So, I mean, don't, don't take that away from them. That's a, that's a great example. I and, love it. And I would say the other key to that is I don't just walk through a kitchen and go right to where I'm supposed to be in the building. Um, it takes time, but I know their dog's name and I know some little fact about them. It's a weird little skill I have, but it helps when you're having that and someone's like, wow, she remembered that. She remembered something personal about me. I am not just a widget in the wheel. Um, they really care about me. And, and then I find they're easier. They'll come to me. They'll approach me. But it's my managers that I expect, and I see it now with them. They have the same expectation that the employees are equally going to the managers, and the managers are equally. They know that we have this mutual respect, so it's very nice. It's not somebody thinking of a control atmosphere, which makes it really nice. So an employee feels confident going, if they come to me as a director, I'm still respecting that manager and their, their decision as well as the employee. So you have, you have to make sure that that whole structure is in place to be supportive. So I would, I would say <clears throat> to her point, one of the things that I, I have, my, the, the best thing about being the director of food service was about 150 site visits a year. Wow. I went to I went to all my schools multiple times, and and we changed the culture of I'm not I'm not I don't I never corrected anything when I was unless it was a safety issue uh, I didn't correct that I was there to see the employees put my arm around them and say thank you for what you do is there any better way I can support you is there something I can do to help you out to make your job better um and and by doing that it's take a lot of time i could do three or four schools in a day but it, it could be a 15 or 20 minute visit i talk to every employee to, you know what's going on how can i help you and that was the most joyous part of my day but we changed the culture the, the, my first year was uh, we, we have a theme every year and and ours that year was 
to, to be the person. And that was all around the person who finds the gold in someone else. So we started every meeting with, tell me what good you saw today. Don't, don't go right into what was negative and what was wrong in the schools, because if we look, we can find that. Sure. Tell me a positive. And that was a struggle for, at first. But to now, they find it every day, and they can come back and say, here's the five things I thought were awesome today. Here's the things I, I saw that we needed to improve upon, but shifting their mindset to find the good in the others. It was, it's, 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 it was revolutionary for our team. It just changed the culture completely. It, it takes time. And do you get a lot of referrals? Um, people working there yes they're you know their brother or mom or aunt or whatever works for us we, we don't try to put them in the same school necessarily <laughs> but um yeah we we word of mouth is a big uh, appeal for us w big way to recruit because it, it makes sense if you have a happy employee that you know they're like oh I, I see that you're looking that might fit your needs as well yeah i would say though um for all the positive things that are happening we we still have and i've seen it not only in my district but others that we still have a lot of union agreements that are based on longevity versus experience. Mm. And so that is really hard when you're recruiting new employees into that atmosphere of they might have more experience um, serving food, preparing food or otherwise, but you have an employee that is already in, in the district for like 20 years, but they won't do certain things or won't pursue more professional development. So that's been an interesting um, kind of turn event events that I've experienced of like, how do you acknowledge and retain the people that have put in time and get them to encapsulate these new employees that maybe have more experience because they've done different food service or they've cooked more, especially if you're looking at moving to scratch cooking or mo more hands-on preparations. So encompassing that diversity has been kind of a challenge on some levels. Um, it's taken, again, that culture change of people to understand that being more accepting, that those people are also going to help train them and work mm -hmm. together. So if you put a positive spin on that, it works. But at first, when we tried to put someone new in the kitchen that maybe came from another industry, the looks on the staff's faces like, what, you want to do what? We're not fine dining. And, and so changing that getting the culture to change along with those new hires of saying, no, these people want to see school food be the best it can be. We're mm -hmm. feeding our community. We're feeding our kids. What can we do to support that? So God bless you. Um, I, we don't have the, a union problem, uh, you know, to, to deal with. And I, and I do talk to folks, and that's a, that's a, a whole different uh, a challenge. Uh, what I would uh, say is, <clears throat> for me, for, for, for our state association, for my department, what SNA should be doing is doing everything we can to invest in our people. Sure. Um, and, and we've done a good job. Uh, so we have a very strong chapter. We have a strong state association. Our department will send 55 to 80 people to our summer conference. Uh, our association raises money and pays that. Uh, it just, it's incredible. But they're, they're, we're investing in them. We're, they're learning. They're a better employee. Yes, they get away for a few days. Some of them, that's their vacation, right? They, that's mm -hmm. the only time. So we have a strong show. Um, I, I tell everyone that'll listen, guys, if you want to, you know, invest in your people, you know, I know you want to walk in cooler, 
but more immediate <laughs> results is get them there. Give them some structure. I need you to, to go to these classes. I need you to get me ideas when you go to the food show. We're looking for a new chicken nugget, whatever. Give them some, some projects, and, and they will deliver for you. We've done it for a long time, but invest in your people. I think it's the most important thing we as leaders need to do for, for our folks. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think what I heard is that it's before I go out on a hiring spree, make sure that the people that you have are happy, are competent, are growing in you know their roles and really furthering their professional journey. One hundred percent. I see people spend a lot of money on uh, uh, recruiting mm -hmm. and nothing on retaining. And and you are set up for a vicious circle if you're doing that. You better figure it's two pronged. What are you doing to keep the ones you have, and what are you doing to get some new, new folks in? If you're not doing both, you're, you're destined for, for failure. You've got to take care of the ones that are in there. And that includes, you know, uh, if there's a manager, cafeteria manager is not making it, you have to address that. You can't just move people around all the time. You've got to go to the cafeteria manager. You're not, you're not taking care of them. You're not giving them what they, what they need. And her comment earlier, I just want to know your employees by name, strength, and need. Yes. When you said you knew them per, a personal tidbit about them, that's absolutely essential. Know them by name, strength, and need. I really feel like they're um, they're my other family, and I know that's hard because a lot of workplaces are like it's a job, and yes, it's a job. But we spend so much time, and I'm I'm sorry, I don't have big magnificent kitchens everywhere. They're very small, and so you're gonna be close together with people, and so you don't have to love them, <laughs> but but we are gonna have to get along and get this job done, and so working with staff on that type of work, it really stops some of the, the petty behavior that's been seen. And then the new people coming in, because you hire someone new and they walk in and your staff's already bickering, they're already looking for another job. Or they're looking at the ed tech watching the lunch line and thinking, how can I go be that person? Or can I move somewhere else in the school? And I support that as well. If that's truly their heart's desire, if food service isn't meant for them, it's, it's not a bad thing. It just means there's another place for them and probably within the school system too. Mm -hmm. And I've watched people as they've gone to those other departments come back because they're like, hey, you know what? You guys were actually really cool and decent. I, I would say another one of my secrets is I totally eat the food. I love school lunch. <laughs> I go over to the schools. I eat it. And there's been some days my staff will even say this. There was one day I was stranded at my office up to my neck in paperwork. And I called my high school and I'm like, you don't have to do this, but I'm dying of food. Like I'm hungry. And they're like, they brought me a fully reimbursable meal <laughs> with pride. And they're sharing pictures of what they do with pride and not just the managers, frontline staff. And that means a lot. That means a lot to see that pride. And I'm like, I feel like that's a gross abuse of power. I don't <laughs> aim to ever, and they know that. Like I'll go in a kitchen and they'll be like, I'll serve you. No, I'll serve myself, you, you're working. And then that also means if you need help on dishes, I'll do that as well. So I, I'd actually prefer if I could just do dishes and get paid the same amount. That'd be great. <laughs> Some um, days that's really attractive. Yeah, for sure. I mean the dishes don't say anything. They're consistent. It's great. You know, um, I'm gonna go in the flow, right? It's yeah, just very mechanical. But I mean, and that's the secret. Even my staff know that we would drop everything to go and help them, and we're sincere about it. And so the the schools amongst each other, we we're small enough. We have seven schools. They will help each other as well. And that really helps. The other one I would add is subs. So I don't keep a high substitute list. It's actually pretty small because 
I don't want somebody sitting at home saying, I never get called. Mm. So the other thing is, is when I'm hiring substitutes, I realize that some of them have not had school food since they were in school themselves. So I always ask during the interview, what's the last thing you remember about school lunch? What was your favorite meal? What did you eat? And some of them are kind of like nervous about saying, and then I tell them how I ate smart food and a chocolate chip cookie and Gladys was super awesome because she knew my, my Nana and would like give me extras and things and they're like oh and that opens up a dialogue so the more that they can relate to their experience and then we say what we're doing is so helpful but those subs i then take them and i assign them to a school and i know i'm going to have a you know some extra labor but usually somebody's out or something happens but i'll keep them out of school to kind of get acclimated for a bit to kind of get their feet wet and that's really helpful because I remember the first time I got hired and they said, go find that loading dock. And I'm like, what? <laughs> um, you, you can find the front of a school really easy. Finding the back of the school and then getting through security is a whole nother thing. And so really opening up and I have the manager call them. I've also learned send the employee to the school. If you hire them in an office, that is not a kitchen. I send them to the kitchen to see, is it clean? Is it dirty? Is it the climate they want to be in? Um, I hired one lady. I did not do that. And she did leave within two days. She said, the kids did not say please and thank you. I said, I know, we can't make them. (laughs) And the other one was she wasn't aware of all the the food waste, meaning that the kids took the food and then sat down and played with each other and played braided hair and ran around, but they didn't eat. And so she was appalled. And so I learned from that that you always send them to the cafeteria to observe. And I send them at the busiest, most hectic time when like 400 kids are in the high school cafeteria for that session. That's when I send them. I want them to see, and I tell the managers, see if their eyes get big. See, and most of them, they come back and they're like, wow, that's really amazing. They they see, but that has really helped me find the, the right people for the positions is like, giving them a chance and then also recognizing that those subs that spend some time in one building we find out really quick like maybe that elementary school isn't the best place to send you maybe you need to stay at the high school or you can go somewhere else within our still our program like you'll interact with each other and if it's a bad day you're all going to run for it to that one school to help but it helps with the personality clashes as well balancing act all right so it's been a wonderful wonderful time chatting with you i mean we could be here for two hours for sure um so we'll definitely keep talking you guys need to come back and we need to talk more about the cultures that you're building and the teams that you're building and how we can really expand that because i'm sure people love to know more thank you so much doug thank Thank you. you so much Alyssa. thank you thank you for tuning in to today's episode of school food for thought the school nutrition association podcast We hope you found the conversation insightful and inspiring. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to explore the rest of our series, where we delve into more engaging topics and conversations with school nutrition leaders from all over the country. Before we sign off, we'd like to extend our special thank you to our sponsor, General Mills. They play a crucial role in supporting our mission to bring you valuable insights and resources for the school nutrition community. To learn more about General Mills and their commitment to promoting nutritious and delicious meals for students, please listen to the message from our sponsor. Thank you once again for joining us on this exciting journey. Stay tuned, and if you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe to School Food for Thought, wherever you get your podcast. School Breakfast helps kids get their day started off right with energy and important nutrients to tackle the school day. Our breakfast portfolio offers hot and cold items from the brands students love. 
providing them with nourishing and delicious choices. Explore products, recipes, and marketing resources at www.generalmillscf.com. Thank you.